Hello, Internet. It's Tori. You're listening to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. For updates on when episodes go live, follow us on Twitter and Facebook. To join the discussion, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash CosmereCast, where you'll find an invitation to our Discord server. Thank you for listening, and please enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. I'm your host, Mike. Joining me this week are Craig. Hey, everybody. Dave. Uh, Tori. Hello, Internet. And still me, because I screwed this up. Uh, we start every week with Good Thing, which is not where we are yet, but Craig, go. I don't know what that means, but Mike, nobody noticed. It was flawless. Um, I didn't notice one. it was flawless. I was going to pick from the archives for me, because I've been playing it recently. I return to it like every year, and my good thing is Terraria. You guys might have heard of it before. We've only mentioned it like a dozen times already. Um, but I recently did another playthrough uh, last week. This time I decided to focus on melee because honestly, I think I talked about this before. I tried a magic path last time I played uh, Terraria with my wife and I really enjoyed it because there's so many cool spells and stuff in the game and it was a lot of fun. So when I played it last year, I did magic. But when I did a solo playthrough, I did magic, which was good, but it was much harder being you know, by myself and being very squishy. So this time I start, I tried to go melee, mostly not do swords because I feel like swords are the weakest part of the melee build itself because melee in Terraria is just overpowered. It's like, here's some ranged attacks that don't cost any resources at all. Like, that's a little bit ridiculous, but that's okay because it's still fun. Um, I so agree. Anyway, yo-yos only. Yo-yos only. I actually did the yo-yo pre-hard mode and, and early hard mode, and then it it dropped off very quickly once I got um, some really cool other weapons. So anyway, it, a lot of it, fun. Yo-yos come back once you get all the accessories and put them together. No, I did that. I made the yo-yo bag. And the problem is there's so many cool accessories and I have no space to do all of them. Okay, so for those of you who don't know, Terraria is like a, I don't want to call it Metroidvania, but it is an adventure type game where the goal is to explore the world gather some resources it does have crafting components to it or um, x game and more, no, it is not and more importantly progression is blocked by killing bosses so the idea is that you explore it's pretty obvious where most of the bosses are or how to at least summon those bosses um kill the bosses upgrade your power get cool stuff it's a lot of fun like i said there's a crafting and building component for those of of you who like to build some cool artworks and buildings and things like that but you don't have to build you can keep it pretty simple um that was my difficulty in the beginning when someone described terraria like 2d minecraft it is not 2d minecraft so that could turn people away we do not say that it is a venture game closer to a metroidvania than it would be a minecraft um i think so lots of fun uh like i said i play through it like pretty much every year um, it is a lot of fun with others, so if you have other friends and people that you can play with, highly recommend it. Um, so if you haven't tried it, go play it. It's like the top-selling game ever of Steam, on Steam, something. Anyway. I have a question. Which of yeah. the four X's does it not satisfy? <laughs> yeah, I, I was just but... looking that up, and it totally does. It's not a civilization <laughs> game. Like, it doesn't work like that, so it so it well, definitely no. isn't. <laughs> But it does so we like, have to, meet you all explore. the criteria. It's weird. You do explore. You explore. I would say it doesn't quite expand, though. Expand, in my interpretation, is that you're 
physically taking over all the area area however you totally can do that in terraria you could just build everywhere required but i've seen people you want to spread out your you want to spread out your npcs too you do want to spread out the npcs but i have seen people drill out their whole entire world because yes of course and you do exterminate other enemies but the thing is when you exterminate like in Terraria, they keep respawning. Like, you can respawn the bosses, you can respawn the enemies. Exterminate, you're not actually completely removing them. Like, let's be honest, when people say 4X game, they're typically talking about something like Civilization. So that's why the the terminology doesn't actually fit, because it doesn't help describe to other people what it is who don't know. That's why I call it, like, an adventure game. Um, describe? Sounds like something out of Oathbringer. But technically, it does fit the 4Xs. I, I cannot say it doesn't. It just it is not useful. It's kind of how, like, tomatoes are fruits, but you still shouldn't put them in a fruit salad. That's right. I told Demetrius that it's a that's a vegetable because he is being a jerk to Robin. Take but now that, he Demetrius. doesn't like you any, or he, he likes you less, and Robin doesn't like you more. Like, you, you, you had negative progress from that. That's, that's fine. He's still being a jerk to Robin, and that's all that Agreed. needs to be and... dealt with. I want to say there was, like, in an early version, Robin was eventually intended to be a marriageable person. Like, as you gain relationship points with her, like, mm. she divorces Demetrius or something. Wait, but really? That, that got scrapped. Wow. Um, yeah. I, I, I thought she was a marriage candidate when I first met her, and I'm like, I pick her. And then I found out about Demetrius, and I'm like, I cannot pick her. <sighs> We're on a completely different game now. That's also a good game, though. We're still in good things. Yeah. Anyway, I'm done. All right, Dave, you're up. My good thing this week is uh, homemade popsicles, because you can put whatever you want in them. They're super easy. Just buy, like, a popsicle mold. I don't know. I stole my sister's. It's probably, like, five bucks or something. It's just a piece of plastic you put liquid in, and then you stick it in a freezer. And you can put whatever you want in them. I like to make mine with uh, heavy cream, put a little sweetener in there. Uh, also, like, whenever I have leftover coffee in my French press, I'll put that in a pot and reduce it down and put that in my popsicles. Or you could, like, puree some raspberries or something and make some, like, creamy raspberry popsicles. Uh, and also, like, cocoa powder. Just throw that in there, too. We want some fudgesicles. Like, and also, cocoa powder is also, like, good for you. Like, chocolate's good for you guys. It's just the sugar that's not. But without the sugar, it's bitter well said yeah but you can use you can either enjoy it bitter like i i actually you know when if i don't want to eat too much sugar but i want something for like a treat like i'll i'll eat a brick of not a brick but I'll eat like a couple blocks of uh like baker's chocolate like 100 percent cacao i'll eat it it's good all right bitter but uh, popsicles so my good thing this week is a book that dave's brother dan recommended to me that I checked out via Hoopla and finished the ebook in like three days because it was really good. It's The Long Way to a Small Angry Planet by Becky Chambers. Wait, it's... isn't that the girl from Resident Evil? Uh, I don't know Resident Evil well enough to say yes or no. Um, but it's a sci-fi novel. Um, it's very character-focused. Uh, I would say it doesn't really follow much of a plot structure. It's more episodic than like act-based. And, like, each episode is, like, focused on one or two characters and, like, developing out their their personality and backstory and stuff. Uh, but it's fun. It's a fun, fun sci-fi 
Road Trip Book. The Long Way to a Small Angry Planet, Becky Chambers. Tori. Uh, so I finally got to see the new Spider-Man movie, which I did not get to see in the theater because that was the month I had COVID. Um, but it's out now. And so I've seen it and you guys can see it. If you haven't seen it yet, go uh, acquire it somehow and see it because it's really good. It's really worth your time. I really enjoyed it. I still need to do that. I'm going to be the last one on this show that hasn't seen it. Apparently. Out of people that are going to see it. Hey, uh, I guess Dave hasn't seen it. Yeah, Dave uh, doesn't playing. watch movies, especially Marvel yeah. movies. I don't specifically avoid Marvel. Like, I don't, I just, you know, like, who wants to go out? Or who wants to, like, so it's the weirdest thing is, all right, even if you can watch, you can watch movies at home, obviously, as well. But here's the thing. When you watch a movie, especially, like, uh, like modern, like, for some, for some reason, at some point, someone decided movies should all be over two hours long. And, like, even a movie that's an hour and a half long, you're watching it. Like, if you sit down to watch it, you're committing an hour and a half. Like, I'll watch YouTube for, like, four hours because I'm only committing 20 to 30 minutes at a time. But to actually sit down and say, I'm going to watch this one thing for an hour and a half or two hours, like, that's a big commitment. Oh my gosh, I get you. I get you so hard. <laughs> like, I... I used to love watching movies when I was younger. And as I get older, I'm like, what? Two hours? No. And um, about the only time I ever do it is if somebody is watching it with me. Like if I've got a friend and we're having a watch party. And so that's another good thing is virtual watch parties. My buddy Laura and I, we both had our copies of Spider-Man and we hit play at the same time from our separate houses. And then we were just chatting at, at each other through the whole movie. And and um, that, like, that's the only time I ever watch anything anymore is when somebody will watch it with me. And, um, but yeah, I totally get you, Dave. Like, if I'm going to start a new TV show and it, the episodes are only 20 minutes long, yeah, that's fine. But if there's 200 episodes to get through, no, if there's 200 episodes to get through, I will not even start that show. I'm like, mm -mm, no, give me something that's only one season long and it's 10 episodes and, and I will commit. But if, if I have like, you know, five or 10 seasons to catch up on, I'm, I'm not going to start that show. That's, it's not going to happen. So I'm pretty sure, guys, that movies used to be much longer, and then they went down to the 90-minute time frame. Like, you look at, like, the classic movies, like Wizard of Oz is, is long, isn't it? Gone with the Wind is, like, four hours long or something like that. Gone with the, the Wind doesn't wind count. Is Wizard of Oz is, like, half an hour. <laughs> so, like, older movies used to be... There was no real, I think, consensus on how long a movie would be. You could get something that's short... Or you could get something that's like three hours. Like Ben Hur's long. That's another famously long yeah. movie. I that's, think Cleopatra's long. That's before yeah. Hollywood figured out figured out like a proper structure yeah. and like how these how these stories are best told structurally. And but then we got ninety minutes, and now yeah. everything's two hours. Well, there's yeah. still so some... the, pro the problem with Wizard of Oz is like after you get through Dark Side of the Moon, the first loop, it doesn't really sync up that well. And Dark Side of the Moon is only like forty to fifty minutes. I've got a solution for you there, Dave. Paul Blart, Mall Cop 2. <laughs> Dark um, side of the Blart moon. Okay. I should, you told me specifically never to watch the movie, only listen to the podcast. Correct. But if you need something that's going to sync up with Dark Side of the Moon, <laughs> Paul Blart, Mall Cop 2. There's a video that the the breaks it down. But does it sync up with Dark Side of the Moon after one playthrough? Both playthroughs. Okay. Well, it's like, 
Dark Side of the Moon and Wizard of Oz, like they sort of do on the second loop, but not. You if know, they dude. seriously do that on one of their episodes. Is yeah, watch Paul Bart two and and listen to Dark Side of the Moon. Yeah, uh, it's episode three is when Griffin. Blart did. side of the blart. And it's funny that you're talking about YouTube videos because I totally just watched a three and a half hour H Bomber guy video recently. Because of course I'm gonna watch that three and a half hours. Yeah, that dude. That dude needs to learn how to cut stuff. There is somebody else. I don't remember who it is. Like a super eye patch wolf, maybe I think he does like six hour reviews on like H games or other kind of dating sims. Like I, I have not fully watched it because six hours is way too much. But I've seen bits and pieces. You gotta cut that out, Mike. No, I'm gonna, I'm leaving that in. Craig okay. voluntarily said that in a in a scenario where he knows he's being recorded uh, <laughs> but we've gotten called. we've gotten a ways away from from things tori i'm sorry what was your good thing again a new spider-man movie and okay. and not i should mention marvel's eternals which was about three hours long and it needed to be cut and it was way too long it was about we three hours about... too long yes i agree <laughs> uh all right dave Walk us through some chapters that we didn't get to last week. Which ones? 45 through 50 of... I don't know, just pick a book. Like, pick a book at random. Just look around your room, see a book, and decide that one. I have this anacrostic <laughs> puzzle that my grandfather wrote. That is I found there in a, book a 45, 46, 47... Oh, my good thing this week is that I found, I, found this, um, I found this anacrostic... So I was in the grocery store... And my grandfather, while he was alive, he used to write anacrostic crossword puzzles and submit them to Dell Magazine. And so just on, on a LARF, I was like, oh, I'll pick this one up. I wonder if one of, one of Grandpops is in here. And he passed away like 10, 15 years ago. And they still have some of his puzzles, apparently, because I found one. And I bought it, and I was super happy about it. But then I forgot about that because we didn't record last week. And I said something stupid about Popsicles instead. What was the question? Chapters? Oathbringer. No. Oathbringer. Chapter is is that the one you want to do? We could we could do a different book if you want. No, nah, I already have my notes up. It needs at I least fifty chapters. Otherwise, chapters. otherwise the format goes have, away. I already have my notes up that you're not looking at. All right, chapter forty-five: A Revelation. It's a Moash chapter. It should have been called a Revelation. <laughs> you're the slaves now. Eve's people. Guff still around. Yam's Caravan, Paladar, I'm not crazy, everyone else is crazy, Moash the Chull. Take it, Craig. Uh, Eve's people? What does that mean? It is a Moash chapter. All right, so we have a, a chapter in the perspective of Moash. Um, He gets dropped off in Revelar by the Fused, and uh, they they have this whole system set up for the humans that are now slaves essentially um but you can volunteer for your job so they have like different stations set up and depending on what jobs are available like they i guess they they categorize them based on how difficult the jobs are um into different stations uh i have no idea what east people means what does that mean <laughs> they're the people that hang out on the outskirts of town like there's a whole society of the eaves people because moash knows about them because he's been the revelar and he understands the social structure of people that live on the fringes of cities, and they're called right. Eve people. I don't remember any of that. Um, but Moash is looking for some uh, caravanners and caravaneers. 
Is that actually the word? James Caravan. Caravangian. Caravangians. <laughs> um, and he knows one of them, Guff. That's just why Dave is questioning that Guff is still around. So he can uh he can have a chat and be like, hey, catch up. What's going on? What's happening here? And then th- one of the 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 light eyes is running it, who's Paladar. That's also in your notes. Um, he's a regent of High Prince Vama. Anyway, of course, the Light Eyes is running the show, and Moash is super upset about that because it's Moash. Of course, he's upset at this. Like, they had a chance to do anything else, and they threw a Light Eyes in, in charge, and he was being all like, oh, I'm a Light Eyes. So. Yeah, Light Eyes make that noise. It's <laughs> like if you have this one of them spinning says, and it lands on Light Eyes, and you pull a little cord, it goes. <sighs> The light eye says, "Yeah, it's accurate." Um. Anyway, it's around that point when he realizes that everyone else is crazy because they're just they keep doing the same stupid things. Um, there were two Moash chapters. I don't know if it's this one or the next one where Moash is like, "Oh yeah, doesn't take responsibility for his actions." Yeah, no, that was what a that's guy. the next one. That's the next one. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, he decides to volunteer for hard labor, which is being a chull while pulling a, a sledge. Sled? Sledge. Slay. A, a sledge. Yeah. They Basically, they took a cart with broken wheels and added mm-hmm. tracks mm-hmm. like runners on it so that it can be more easily pulled. Not quite yeah. as easily as it could if it had wheels, but, you know. So what's what the difference between a sledge, a sleigh, and a sled? They're like all the same thing, basically, right? Uh, maybe. I don't know. You are asking the wrong people. I can't even pronounce these words. I know in Canada, a sled is, uh, is, is something that means a uh, snowmobile, so. Wait, why aren't we asking Tori? Yeah, why aren't we asking Tori? She hey, Tori, is our librarian. Can you ask Tori about this, please? Hey, Tori, what if the thing I said? I don't know. I was messing with a dog over here. <laughs> Doggo. What's the difference between... A sledge. I'm sorry. What's the difference among? Because there's more than two items, so use among instead of between. Uh, what you call a sledge and a sleigh and a sled? Are they all the same thing? Okay, so a sled is something you pull. Uh, a sleigh is pulled by uh, beasts, um, and then a sledge would be pulled by a person. So are you using a sledge. the? Are you using the link that Hamija provided with us with? I am not, because I went back to camera view, because you guys were all talking to me at once. Hang on. Well, it basically says what you just said. I thought sledge was a word they made up in Roshar, or on Roshar, before Roshar. Uh, well, according to this, Moash is either a horse or dog, uh, and he's in the UK. Mmm, that makes sense. So what about that chapter 46, Dave? Uh, chapter 46. When the dream dies, Trey he is faster than Scar. Quarter lashing makes you half as heavy. The math checks out. Sergeant Lieutenant Teff. Kaladin acts more like a light eyes every day. Blah, 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 bridge stuff. Is Squire a step toward Radiant? Lynn. Good Teft curses. Good Scar whooping. I do want to say the math does indeed check out for quarter lashing makes you half as heavy. Yeah, because if you have one quarter going up and three quarters going down, the quarter going up will cancel out one of the quarters going down. So you'll have two quarters going down, so it'll make you half as heavy. What doesn't make sense is the thing that Sigzel said. is like, wouldn't 
a quarter lashing make you he was like wouldn't a quarter lashing make you a quarter as heavy and i'm like well no you maybe if you don't understand the balancing mechanic it's three-fourths it wouldn't ever be one quarter as heavy it'd be one quarter less heavy i don't think but anyway it's half. physics at that point well understand. you cannot change the laws of physics jim and they're not and only women are allowed to study physics all right and <laughs> And to be fair, Sigzel is basically a bard, so they're not very mathy. This might be his first experience with math problems. <laughs> he knows stories. Yeah. He doesn't know math. Well, no, he gets a bardic knowledge check, but he just missed, got a bad roll. That's all. So, I Craig? consider myself a bard. I'm like, I'm basically a jack of all trades. And when I say that, I also add, I know a little of everything and a lot of nothing. Basically a bard. Mm-hmm. What'd you say, Mike? Are you going to walk us through the chapter? You want me to do it? Um, so this is a chapter from the perspective of Scar. He's one of the Bridge 4 members. Um, he's one of the uh, sergeants? Is that what they're called? No. Kaladin's a sergeant. Captain? Squire. Well, Kaladin's a captain. No, in the... in the Yeah, Kaladin's the captain, so there's there's four uh, well, he... people in charge. Hmm. And it's mm-hmm. it's uh what Rock Teft Sigzel and Scar. It was this sergeant. Rock person of whom you speak, Lunamore. Uh, the word you're the rank you're trying to thinking of think of is lieutenant. Okay, so he has four lieutenants. Um, anyway, this is perspective from Scar. Um, he has not shown any squire abilities yet. Uh, as in he can't draw in stormlight. So he's watching everyone else on Bridge Four able to draw in stormlight. But that's okay, because he still has, he could still be a lieutenant and do stuff. Um, and what, they had races, right? Is, isn't that what they were doing? They were, like, racing each other so they could see the difference between no Stormlight versus Stormlight. So, Dre, he was faster. Um, they may have just been, like, out exercising. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think they were making a competition of it, but that doesn't keep Scar from getting envious. Well, and I thought Sigzel was testing. Sigzel, like, he's Sigzel measures reporting. things. Yeah, he's measuring. Like that's just that's just how Sigzel do. He measures so things. So he does do some math. Um. Anyway. Most, so then mostly, he like has. Yeah. Most mostly, I think Sigzel measures things because he has no idea like how to quantify any of this. So mm. if he if he measures enough stuff and writes enough of it down, maybe math will happen after. Sure. Maybe sort of they'll happens. name a unit after him. Um. So then he goes have a conversation with the team therapist slash cook Luna Moore, who I will. Pro- prefer to call rock so i will continue to call him rock and of course rock is very good at at talking to him about this blah 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 bridge stuff um they do make a comment that cal is acting more like a light eyes every day i don't know why you said sergeant lieutenant teft i don't know what that means well he's like in charge of whipping up the the new batch of troops or something or it's like nobody likes him and it's like oh you'd be a perfect sergeant because nobody likes you or something like that they like teft but he is a drill he's like a drill sergeant yeah who likes Teft? Kaladin, maybe? No, Bridge Ford likes Teft. Everybody hates Chris, everybody likes Teft, and everybody loves Raymond. <laughs> uh, so, um, they get the, don't they, they go back to the original Bridge 4 bridge, like the actual physical bridge is like on one of the um, chasms, across one of the chasms. And they're like, let's, let's try to figure out, because they're trying to get recruits. They want to see if they can draw on some light. Um, and it's like, they're not really, and maybe he thinks, cause they're not really like having that same sort of feel 
that bridge forehead when they were first training in the chasms. And they got to like sort of return to their area, which is the Shatter Plains in this case, and see if maybe it helps. Um, so then Scar has a conversation with Lynn, who's one of the scouts turned recruit, um, as she's trying to draw in some stormlight. And then, uh, wait. Yeah, and Scar's really good at encouraging other people to learn how to be radiant. Yeah. And so she does successfully draw in Stormlight. Hooray. Um, she did want to really be a, a squire. So there you go. And this happened. And then Scar's like, well, there goes another one. Until he's just secretly glowing himself. Whoops. Guess he was drawing in Stormlight this whole time. Nobody just did it. Eh, I mean, it's cool and all. Do you not really like the Bridge 4 chapters, Dave? No, I don't. I don't know. I don't like how, like, Scar goes through like we get the scars gets gets a story arc and we're like oh scars getting a story arc and then it's like over as soon as it started i think the the purpose of the chapter is more to give you perspective on what the bridge four members are actually thinking about seeing whether they see their friends actually starting to draw in stormlight and they themselves feel left out in the case of scar or just Getting an idea of, of how the people, how the different bridge crews are sort of coming together and, and learning these new abilities and that sort of thing. Yeah, it's not that, I didn't it's, like not that the... it's not that Scar is getting a, a story story arc. It's that the, the whole bridge four is. If you remember at the beginning of part one, when it listed all of the people who were going to get viewpoint chapters, it specifically said bridge four. It did not specifically say mm. Scar. He just happens to be the perspective of this chapter but like you said yeah it is bridge four themselves and well, we've honestly had, it's just, we, we've had it's scar just, and teft and numuhuku makiaki aya lunamore yeah and sigsel oh yeah we did have a sigsel did have a center but um yeah it, it's just about bridge four and how they're they are a core group of people that are bonded together and it's it's sort of that focus to make sure how they actually deal with with the difficulties when things don't quite go as expected. For Narin is going to get a chapter. That would be cool. Uh, what did we miss? Chapter 47? We did miss all of chapter 47. <laughs> uh, well, we better go back and get it. Uh, chapter 47. So much is lost. And is this the first time we get a Yasna point of view? Maybe. Or maybe like. I mean other than. Alright. So the prologue. We had that prologue in two. last book. And then maybe the epilogue of book two when she runs in the Hoid. I thought that no, was that Hoid was, perspective. Yeah, that was from Hoid's perspective. Uh, I can't remember if she had one in Way of Kings. She definitely didn't have one in Words of Radiance because she was quote unquote dead. Um, More unquote than quote. Yeah, so she might have been. Uh, Nobody said she I, was dead. I don't think she had one in chapter in the Way of Kings. Also, mm. nice mm. kitty. I see a kitty. Alrighty. Town's answering machine. <laughs> Should I sing the George one? Mike can do it. The George Costanza answering machine. <laughs> I don't know that. Believe it or not, he doesn't know that. Uh, I think mentioning the joke is enough to get a laugh. We don't need to repeat it. I got the <laughs> reference. Alright. Compared to other humans, Yasna is like a stone. Ivory. Inksbrand hate cryptics. All ten orders ended in death. Except one. The Renarin one, probably. I'm gonna guess. Whichever. I think we. Did we learn which one? Which order Renarin is in? 
yes, and also you should know the actual answer to this that was already covered. Cool. I would guess it was Talon's order. Incorrect. Wait, it's the Windrunners because Incorrect, they're Honor Blade. No, wait, it's definitely not the Windrunners because they have the Windrunner Honor Blade. So Renarin's order. Oh, is it Nail? Yes. It's the Skybreaker. Yeah, the Nail Breakers. Um, right. Renarin is part of the Truth Watchers. That's his right. order. Yeah. What's Yasna? Scribblenaut? is an Else Caller. Else Caller. Yeah. No, okay. I like Scribblenaut. Let's go with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, her her spren is an ink spren. Right. Makes mm. perfect sense. Yeah. yeah. Except she herself doesn't like the scribble. Shalon's more of a Scribblenaut than a Yasna. Yasna. Hmm. But I do like ink spren and Scribblenaut. I can't fault that logic. Anyway. Uh, am I doing this one again? Am I just like taking the interpretations? Yeah, you can interpret this episode. So Yasna, this is a Yasna perspective chapter, and she's going over the words that were said by Talon when he was um, first being held by the the Lethi, and he kept quoting, you know, the same thing over and over again to talk about being prepared for the desolation. More importantly, he does say how like you probably forgot how to do steel. So we'll teach you how to cast bronze. Like he, he thinks they only had like, you know, a very short period of time since been around and it's been 4,500 years. Like boy, do they ever have steel? But yeah, so he's a, he's a little delirious and he thinks that there wasn't a lot of time. So he kept talking about preparing and that sort of thing. And he does mention a few of the other heralds in his speech about who can teach what. Um, and they just thought he was a madman at the time, but they still recorded everything. So at least they recorded the stuff. Um, and I think, uh, at this point, she was collecting her notes and information from um, a different location over Span Reed. So essentially, she has off-site backups. Well done. As anyone who works in the computer industry knows, you should have some off-site backups. And she does. And she was getting them. Uh, I need I need to <laughs> back things up onto my, onto my external hard drive. So... so Dave is currently writing his notes, which you guys can't see. It's on the stream, but he he's writing the different orders as from his memory, um, and they're accurate until we get to Dalinar, who <laughs> whose they order, are, according to Dave, is Storm Duder. They are not accurate until we get to Dalinar, but there is a way for people to see these notes. Oh. Craig, would you like to would you like to tell people how they can do that? Oh, man, if you guys want to actually see the notes, um, you can join our Discord. The link can be found through the pa our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash CosmereCast. Um, if you do happen to donate to us, which we appreciate, uh, you'll get access to the live stream. You can join us as we, you know, do this recording live, which is fun. Um, shout outs to our yes, listeners yes. right now. <laughs> Himesia and Texas Blade. Thank you guys for joining us. <laughs> And then you can see Dave typing okay. that Adeline, Adeline's nope, nope, nope. order is... Craig, Craig, let Tori, oh. let Tori read all of these, because she deserves oh, okay. this. Okay, let me open these notes. Oh, she hasn't seen them yet. Yeah, because I have to mess with the font on my screen. Oh, there was a reaction. <laughs> she just got it. Uh, Adeline is apparently a hunk smoocher. That's his order. The the uh, what are his surges? The order of smoochers. Well, he's good at dueling. Uh, deal. And well, no, those fairy. those would be the essences. <laughs> his his orders. Oh, essences. His surges would be. Hmm. 
What would his surges be? Uh, gravitation, because he's attractive. Ooh. <laughs> and and uh, the the friction one, right? Because he's so smooth. Yes. What do you mean? <laughs> he's but explicitly exactly. not smooth, though. So whatever the Except opposite of edge dancering is. Oh, we forgot one. Lift is edge lord. You just had an edge lord. You just said it too. <laughs> she's an edge lord, but she's not. Well, no, edge lord is her order. Her surge is edge dancing. All right, Delinar is a bondsmith, and Adolin is a nothing. Well, I mean, he's he's a cool dude, but he's not a nice. The hunk smoocher. He can be a hunk. The eleventh, the eleventh order, and yeah. lift, like you said, is edge dancer. Adolin is a himbo. Okay. And there is one more that you've heard of because Taravangian has one with, with him. Uh yeah. Nail is uh Okay, not Nail's Rebel not Taravangian. Watcher. So wait, what's it is it Truth Caller or Truth Watcher? It's Truth Watcher. They there can't be the two truth. watchers. That's lazy. There this are great. two watchers. There's Scotty. Truth Watcher and Skywatcher. Skywalker. Yeah, Skywalker. That's the one. <laughs> Brandon Brandon desperately wants to get sued by Disney. <laughs> hey, Disney Sky- didn't know in Star Trek when he wrote this, and they still don't. Or you had me questioning the actual name of the order, Dave. I'm, I'm my head it's is not just a mess. Truth Watcher? What is it's, it? No, Truth Watcher is correct. Nail is a Sky Breaker. Sky Breaker. Yes. Sky Watchers are the are the Storm Wardens. All right, so Sky Watchers are the Storm Wardens of Final Fantasy fourteen. This is Adolin, the 11th Order. <laughs> and the essences um, are blood, steel, and fairy. And there's one more that you've heard of that is with Teravangia. Do you remember the name of that? I I don't want to tell you because you need to figure out what it is. I want to see what you say. Don't scroll, scroll up. up. Get that out of here. Teravangian had anticipated this day. Reach a fear. Yep, you nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> nailed it. Uh, I'll look it up later. There's yeah. got to be an Ars Arcanum somewhere. Dustbringer is the one that Teravangine has. Uh, but they don't like that name. They don't like that name. They don't prefer, say it to their face. Uh, what do they prefer? I forget what they prefer. Because I actually know them as Dustbringer. Yeah, I'm, I don't remember Buster. either. I'll just Coppermine it. Dude, guys, I want to give a shout out as a good thing to Coppermine. Like, I don't give them enough credit. They... I use them all the time for my notes and summary. Um, they're really useful, so I do want to credit them. They didn't have time to write notes. They're called. They like to be called releasers. That's that's their term. So how many actual orders do we have up there? Because I think that's most of them. I want to see which one you missed. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. We're missing one. It, no, don't count Adolin. <laughs> no, we're missing two oh. because Adolin is there's the eleven. Yeah, there's, Adolin. Yeah, there's eleven. Hunk are the eleventh order. Anyone who's listening to this is going to be like, wait, there was 10. What the heck? Do these guys yeah, even know what they're talking is, about? Oh, did we go into the spoiler section early today? Oops. <laughs> All right. Good. The, After 48. These, these are the ones you would... Actually, you should know the other one because it was in the Dalinar um, video chat from Stormfather that he had of the past. They they had a, a different order who did the stone bending. And he's like, you know, stone bending. There it is, but he can't do that storm bend. Someone else has the stone element. Yeah. Yep. The stone bending. Which is actually Town's order. Not that. Eshenai's right. bug luggers? Yeah, that's Eshenai's order. <laughs> what? 
and then we'll just call them fission dude equals earth bender all right perfect that's all 11 orders yep there it is truth caller else caller light caller wind runner bondsmith hunk smoocher edge dancer sky dancer dust bringer releaser bug luggers and earth benders yeah that's all right, all right. where are we talking <laughs> about the chapters where were we <laughs> Dude, I'm, this is like, all right, this is my job application uh, that I'm submitting to Chris. So if you guys could just take this seriously for a minute, I'd really appreciate it. Chapter you want to 40- be hired by Chris? Actually, we did miss a couple things in Chapter 47. One, the name of Yasna Sprint is Ivory. That was why. We learned that before. I just well, rewrote yeah, we it. Before. We knew. I forgot his name, so I rewrote it. And Ink Sprint don't trust cryptic. Right, because ink sprint are made out of ink and cryptics are made out of lies. Yes. But if if the ink sprint really wanted to make sure the truth was preserved, they would have written it in steel. All right, now we can move on. Chapter 48, Rhythm of Wark. Parshendi treat slaves better than Sadius did. Pretty sure attempting that to assassinate... That's hard, though. Sadius <laughs> is like bottom of the barrel. Yeah, but like... If everybody just assumed that the Parshendi were savages, it's still kind of, like, surprising, I guess. Uh, pretty sure attempting to assassinate the king was your own fault there, Moash. No, Moash did no wrong. Definitely. I, that's sarcasm. I don't actually believe that. <laughs> Perhaps you've heard of it. <laughs> March toward Kolinar. Voidbringers are pretty great. Except, why are they so mean to these workform dudes? And I'm going to guess, uh, well... They explained why, but I still wrote down my guess. Probably they refused to change forms and they're being punished. But then the answer was that they, like, blaspheme the old guy. I forget why. Why were they punished? Uh, do you remember the whole scene with Kaladin and he was with a bunch of Parsh dudes? And then they he ran Playing off guess? after. That, they mean that. They are the group that harbored Kaladin. And then when Kaladin flew off, they're like, you stink, you're going to be treated really horribly now. Self-fulfilling they've, prophecy. They totally missed the whole reference of them calling a false god like one of the other few, as in a Night Radiant. I I think it gets made much more clear in the next Moash chapter. Yeah, I'm, I'm, it does, because they actually say week. their name. Okay. But. Oh, I wrote it right here. They harbored a false god. Yes, so they mean Moash a Night Radiant. Save the day. So... I guess I'll take this one again. You guys can jump in if you want. Um, so this is Moash pulling a sledge, as he does, since he's a horse now. Um, and uh, there he's just sort of observing the Parshendi and how they're treating others. Um, and in particular, they're actually treating the, the slaves, uh, the human slaves, that is, much better. Like They're giving them like, water breaks and things like that. And he's like, hey, look, that's better than Sadius ever did. Water um, breaks sure was better and... Than bridge four fresh boots execute. when their boots start getting worn a little bit fresh yeah. boots. they don't execute people for coughing <laughs> so much better which like um if you'll remember kaladin wasn't even given shoes or shoulder pads for his no, first bridge one. he he got the hand-me-downs that were already oh ruined. yeah he corpse looted him yeah anyway uh I, I i don't know what he said about not assassinating the king and and I don't know what that basically he didn't take responsibility for his actions and in his internal monologue. OK, um, he notices that they're heading towards Kolinar. It's like, hey, that's pretty interesting. Um, and yeah, just overall thinking how much better the the Voidbringers are actually being. Well, he, he calls them Voidbringers at, at that time. 
Hold on, can if the Parshendi bond a sprint, can they open the oath gate and just like warp straight into uh Earth through? Like when they get the Carbrant or Colinar? Uh the only spren bonding they can do currently is with the spren of their own ancestors, which mm. turns them into a fuse. Yeah, they can eat they eat spren. They're not really bonding the spren. What was Eshunai then? Special. Uh, uh if if they can be a night radiant, then they can use the oath gate. Shen might become one. That's interesting. We don't use that name. I'm sorry, Relaine Relaine might be. One. I mean to give Dave credit, one. he Although we don't know that squires are moving toward radiant. That was kind of up in the air, I think. Dave had two. Just books like the we... squires are, hey <laughs> Especially the Lopin. Dave had two books where we called him Shen, and now we're finally getting a book where we call him Relaine, so he's just not used to it. Um anyway. And then he does notice that there's one group of partial Relaine's in Bridge Four. Maybe we'll get a perspective from Relaine. That would be cool. We have a sex, um, a part of the this chapter where he notices some parchment are being mistreated, and it's like really weird because they're nice to everybody else. Well, quote unquote nice, but you know, much better than Sadius. Um, but then they're like kicking them and spitting on them, that sort of thing. It's like, no, you're supposed to be better. What the heck? And he finds out it's because they harbored a night radiant, uh, which would be Kaladin, because you know we got to see that. And they just basically let him go, and that's their punishment. And Moesh is like, no, you're supposed to be better. And he has this one heroic moment where he stops them from being whipped, and he picks up their their work and starts doing their work. I think this is some crap on the end of the uh, the singers, listeners, which I, I always confuse those two. Craig, I know you do too, so help me out here. Uh, They are called singers okay singers yeah, this, is the overall race singers this, are the race this is some crap on the part of the singers this group of of other singers did nothing wrong except that kaladin lied to them and then had superpowers and was never actually a prisoner like right what what on earth were they supposed to do about that what on roshar were they supposed to do about that well so this is definitely the fuse that are annoyed at this because i don't think the other parchment really care so much but the, okay the but used and the the evil spring dudes probably yeah. don't like it okay but what what were these people supposed to have done for a guy who can fly and has a shard blade like what yeah yeah they're supposed to be better what the heck all right dave chapter 49 chapter 49 born unto light 23 years ago, give or take. Words are important, Gavilar, which is why I didn't write any down for this <laughs> chapter. All right, take it away, Craig. Uh, so in this chapter, it's a Dalinar, Dal, Dalinar uh, prequel. Flashity-backity. Yeah, flashback. That's his, that's his uh, order. He's a flashbacker. Anyway, uh, he's doing some fire moss to escape life without fighting or battling. <laughs> What, what? What? That's what he's doing in this chapter. He's rubbing fire moss. Um, and then he's like, he's like at a wrestling match that there's some kind of den. Uh, he's with some of his former elites, and they're just watching the match. And uh, the 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 main dude wrestler. Oh, what? I'm sorry, Dave is is pulling something up on stream. While uh, I mean, you don't need his notes because there are no notes. 
I know, but I'm just curious what Dave is currently pulling up. Birds, baby birds. Don't worry about it. Okay. Um, where was I? Yeah. So they have a wrestling. Good escape is is the is the thrust of what I was looking. Isn't that what he does? He's escaping his life. That's not what she said. Don't worry about. Just keep going. I'm sorry to interrupt. Did I pronounce something weird again? He's escaping, as in he's a superhero (laughs) used to wear a cape. Now no capes. No Uh, capes. Yeah. Like, he had a cape in Super Mario World, but then when you go to Super Mario World 2, he also has a cape. But then when you go to Super Mario World 3, there is no cape, because that game doesn't exist. So, um, the main champion, I guess, or one of the, the head wrestlers, um, couldn't fight. He had, the, Strong bed. <laughs> he had to fake an injury. So, Dalinar's, hey, like, wait a minute. He's like, hey, wait, I can fight. I can wrestle. So he like whips off his shirt and he's about to oil up and get in there, and everyone's like, "Whoa!" Gonna <laughs> oil up? Did you make that part up? Yes, I made that part up. Everyone's like, "Whoa!" <laughs> Whoa. I, Maybe I he's the hunk smoocher. You, <laughs> Hang you on. were like breaking arms and limbs the other day just to break up a bar fight. I don't want a part of this. Hang, hang on. In my head, Canon Dalinar is just oily all the time, especially <laughs> young Dalinar. Just yeah. Just just a sheen on that dude. It's because he has a hairy chest. You never know when you want to wrestle, so you just got to be oiled all the time. You just got to be oiled all the time. <laughs> you just um, got to do secret anyway, oil sometimes. Dalinar is very... Sc- flashback Dalinar is very scary. Like The Blackthorn. The Blackthorn is a scary dude, and when he can't go to war... He takes it all. He takes it out on people, and that's just it takes scary. Oh, he takes a so, shirt off. So the results of that bar fight from a few weeks previous are one guy who's paralyzed, um, one guy with brain damage, and one guy lost an arm. Yeah, the guy who lost the arm had it best. Like, how do you lose an arm in a bar fight, though? Like, what? No, happened? no, no. Pratchett covers Angry. this. They have Igors, though, so it's better. But Pratchett definitely covers this. I just thought maybe like if there's a glass bottle, like, and then you stab someone in the arm and it gets gangrene and it has to be amputated. Like maybe that was it. Sure. Yeah. Let's go with that. That's why it's important to get your name tattooed on all your body parts, so yeah. that when we reattach them, they are your body parts. Um. And so at that point, a messenger comes in. Uh. And hey, Evie's giving birth. Uh, it's, it's not a just a messenger. Adolin. Uh. Toe. It's Evie's brother. Oh, yeah. Good point. Sorry. Yeah. I forgot about that. Evie's brother comes in and it's like, hey, look, you're about to have a kid and it's a son and we're going to name him Adolin, which means, why didn't you write this down, Dave? It was right. like, it means light shining. Born unto it means light. Smoocher. Born unto light or something? Born unto light. Yeah. Something, something about light. Anyway, we got baby hunk smoocher Adolin. There he is. And yeah. Dalinar does his best to just murder that baby immediately. No. Yeah, he... he's got a shard blade to steal. Look, look, Dalinar's heart melts just a little bit. Okay, We're... but he's when you hold a baby, you have to support their head and neck, and he's just like no, holding yeah. it straight up no, like no, a yeah, like yeah. a football that he's about to spike into the end zone. <laughs> Mike strength. The baby's gotta learn to hold his neck strength up right before now. weakness. He's got to learn to hold his head right now. And that's just down. Down R is just being a dad. <laughs> oh, boy. Tori's just making faces the whole time. You guys can't see this, but we can. Uh, Craig. I feel the judgment. 
Craig, but, um, you have a daughter. You should know this stuff. Do yes, do we need she... to call CPS? No, she can hold up her head. Now? Also walk. <laughs> I supported her head. Don't worry. Yeah, her head's pretty great. I, I was actually super, I was really like <laughs> nervous, I'll have to say, with a newborn. And it's like, you gotta hold all the parts. How do you? But then after a while, I became comfortable with like holding her. And now it's like, if you give me a baby, I can hold a baby. But, you know, when she first came about, I'm like, oh, God, scary. I have to hold a baby. You learn I mean, there's <laughs> there's two basic rules. Like, rule number one is burrito that baby. And rule number two is support <laughs> the head and neck. Yep. Yeah. So now I could easily handle it. But there's like, I watched the video where there was like three different holds. Like, you can have a football hold. You can have a something, something. I don't even remember the names. I just remember the football hold because I actually use that one. That's where you could do it one-handed. But you have support of the head, neck. Yeah, so. you just tuck the tuck the head into the like the el- into the inside of your elbow, like like the little football that you're. My yeah, camera's up too high for you to see. You're this, gonna yeah. spike. Not do a not football spike. that you're gonna spike. Do not spike that football. But yeah, the other major thing is like up on your shoulder for burping and napping purposes. So anyway, um, but yeah, I think his heart melts a little bit. And I think we see a little future sign. Uh, sorry, let me rephrase that. We see a sign of future Dalinar coming about, um, where he's a little more focused. I... Hello and welcome to the Baby Holding Deep Dive podcast. The flashback Dalinar is a beast in, in the previous flashbacks that we've seen. He finally is mellowing just a little bit. And and suddenly he goes from, I want to go fight a dude, to being slightly worried about rebellion uh, happening in the Rift. So yeah. But he's Words not going there. Gavilar. He's, he's not, not going there. He's not going to the Rift. Why would he ever go to the Rift? That's stupid. He's sent, That's... He's sent to her Herdazian. He's sent to Herdaz and then the border with Yakoved. Why would yeah. he ever go to the Rift, Craig? Why would you even mention that? God. Because they were talking about it. Spoiler. What? No, they're... Dalinar's not going to go to the Rift. Gavilar can just diplomacy this. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. So, so Mike is paraphrasing all the conversation that he's having with Gavilar in this chapter. Dalinar is having with Gavilar. Well done. Dalinar. Chapter Fifter. Is that Chap-ty another? Fifter. Is that another order of of Night Radiance? No, this is just the last uh, chapter that we're reading this week. Chapter Fifters. Yeah, Chapter Fifter. We read yeah. Chapter Forty Five through Chapter Fifter of Oathbringer yep. this week. Yep. All right, Avatar of Obradai. This is in italic, so it must reference the letter, it's which I the, think is from Frost the Hoid. What did and I call it? This is not from Frost. You it's, the, it's the letter to Hoid that's not from Frost. I think Mike wants to talk to you about the epigraphs in the next uh, episode. No, the one after that, when we finish part two. Part two. Yeah. Are you finishing it next next week? Who's Obradai? Is that the guy from the Beatles song? Yep. Uh now I know. The Oberdin. The the Beatles, by the way. Part of the cosmos. Obradi, Obradi. No, it's from that blue song. Obrady? No, Which, I am blue. Obradi, Obradi. If the Beatles are part of the Cosmere, then so is Danny Boyle's entire body of work. Um, as is. What was that one that was just a movie made of Beatles songs? Across the Universe? Across the Universe? Yeah. That, that then is also Cosmere. So, I have a question. If Ender's Game is Cosmere, because they have the whole connection thing, uh, and Ender's Game takes place on Earth, well, it starts, many of it takes place on Earth, 
Uh, does that mean the Cosmere is in the same universe as real life? Like, so, it's specifically Brandon wants to keep like Earth and real life separate from the Cosmere, but they can still Cosmere. be like far away. Real life is canon. But no. like, is Ender Hoyd? Like, think, think about it. I think we made a mistake, and we should we should emphasize that anything on Earth or mentions Earth is not Cosmere. That is that is a word of well, brain. Cosmere. Right there. So Cosmere is like a solar system, right? Yes, and it does not, not well, contain Earth. Actually, uh, no, it's multiple solar systems. Dwarf like galaxy. galaxy. Dwarf galaxy. Yeah. Okay, but that doesn't mean that Ender couldn't like travel from Earth to the Cosmere, and like so. I thought Ender. Ender, like, really needs to be pushed into doing what needs to be done, unlike Hoyd, who takes a little more initiative than Ender. So, I thought, remember, like, when Ender had the mind babies of, like, his brother and sister? So, like, mind baby Peter Wagan is Hoyd. Dude, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> He's I've talking about Speak for the Dead, or Avengers not Speak for the Dead. I don't think, I don't think they come up till Xenocide, yeah. You ever read Xenocide? Xenocide? They come it's, up at the end of Xenocide, and then I think uh, Children of the Mind like revolves around. I've never actually read Children of the Mind. I loved Xenocide. Like I like Xenocide more than an Orson Scott card fan probably should. I liked it better than Speaker, but not as much as Ender's Game. And it rem that reminds me of an XKCD, but that's off topic. We're talking about Obra D, Obra Die, or Cobra Kai. The, the plot gets solved by a magic box, Dave. I don't know how you can find that satisfying. In Xenocide? Yeah. Can we I don't talk remember. I don't remember that book having a plot. I remember it having a lot of interesting philosophy. Can, can we talk about chapter 50? Yeah, Oberdai. Who, who's Oberdai? It's a planet. What's Oberdai an avatar? Is, is a location. What's an avatar? Yeah. Uh, that is one who can learn all four elements of bending. <laughs> There's 11 elements of bending. Avatar is a... Uh, oh, then, a then an avatar is, is one of the tall blue people. In this case, the avatar is a is a standalone creation of a shard that is very self sufficient and one would say autonomous. Autonomous, you say? Flight just, test. I am just dropping that those informations in this chat here. Dalinar can send Fen into a vision solo. I can't stop this. You cannot. Yes. Stop. Do I remember K Dash? Is Town home? No, silly. He lives at 221B Shosh Street. <laughs> what? That's at the. I that's like his that address. Shosh Street. Too. That's the. That's the address at his asylum. They put him in the Shosh Ward at 221B Shosh Shosh Street because he's dangerous. 221 Shosh Shosh up, you. If the Almighty is dead, that re would require us to be who we are. Didn't Wit say something like that? All Dally wants is truth. Do -do -do. The shard blade you are trying to reach is not available at this time. Please try again later. Kaladin knows all about Blackbane poison. All right, I actually right. just read this chapter last night. All right, uh, you mean Chapty? Yeah, sorry, Chapty. Yeah, right, go um, ahead and review Chapty Fifty for us. So the Oberdai thing is, is like we said, is part of the epigraph. Uh, it's the letter written to Hoyd about how he shouldn't go there because they're making an avatar at that location. Um. During this chapter, Kaladin is flying uh, Dalinar, Navani, and some others over to um, the, the war camps over at the Shattered Plains. This is sort of a test to make sure that they'll be able to do the longer flight over to Kalinar when they go there with the king. Um, 
At this point, Fen is currently in a high vision. Wait, high vision, high storm vision, uh, which is like, hey, the Stormfather can just do the visions without Dalinar there. So that is a thing that, yes, the Stormfather can do. And your notes do say yes. Um, you should know Kadash. He's the one that was the uh, the soldier turned ardent. He's like the buddy. Well, he not anymore. He's like he's like the scoot of this book. Mm. He's yeah. he's gone very oppositional to Dalinar at this point. Yeah, yeah. But he used to be a former elite, so they're looking to see if Talon's there in the the asylum. I guess it's an asylum, yeah. Um, and there is some concern that it looks like maybe he was just sort of left there. But no, Talon's not there. There's just a, a giant hole in the wall. Um, where to get into where Talon was. giant town shaped hole. Yeah. Or is it a is it a Taravangian shaped hole? I don't remember. I pictured it to be a giant circular hole in the wall. What like, if I the coin well, who's more circular shaped. than good old it's fatty like, king Taravangian? Went, went through the wall here. I think someone <laughs> cut a hole in the wall. The Kool Aid Man got a shard blade. Is what happened. Um, and and, oh, wait, around... and the cool the Kool Aid Man's in the Marvel universe. And around this point, uh, Dalinar's having a conversation with Kadash, essentially about religion. Um, and and Dalinar's just like he's emphasizing he just wants to know the truth. And like if the Almighty is dead, they need to know about it. They can't just assume. Let's just keep on trucking and assume everything is okay. Like it's 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 questioning and thinking about what they need to do. But if the Almighty is dead, it does mean that they are responsible for the decisions that they have made. And that is part of uh, what what was Wait, quoted. That's like that one story that that Wit told way forever ago, mm, two mm. books ago. Yeah, how about that? And he didn't he tell that story to Dalinar? I think Kaladin. That was yeah, the Picard's flute episode. It was to okay. Kaladin. Okay. Um. So to to break, I know into... it's called the Inner Light YouTube comments. You don't have to shout it out. That's a good episode. Um. I think that's like one of the top ten, but that by fans. But current um, Dalinar doesn't need any any notes on taking responsibility for stuff. Current Dalinar does plenty of that. Past Dalinar. Well, it's a little uh, late for past Dalinar. <laughs> so <laughs> to break into the room that Talon was hold held in, uh, Dalinar just because he's used to it was gonna summon the shard blade he used to have, and Stormfire's like, "What the heck are you doing?" Yeah, I don't. Ain't he a shard blade though? Yes, the but Dalinar, father. Dalinar agrees father. not to ever summon him as a storm as a Yeah, he shard explicitly blade. said you're never supposed to summon me as a shard blade. Like he actually well, says that. He's not an Oathbringer. I mean he's not a honor dude. He's not a Kaladin. No. I don't remember st- him saying that. They still he have oaths. That. Stormfather's whole thing is oaths. He loves oaths. No, that's you're then why are they called Else Watchers? They're not. They're called Bondsmith because he, bond, uh, he smiths bonds. But oh yeah, that's he like is even better. With the ultimate oather himself, Stormfather. So yes, he made an oath to never summon a shard blade. Downar's like gonna summon a shard blade, and the Stormfather's <laughs> like, "What? You better put that hand down." Yo, so like, ca- <laughs> um, so Dalinar can't ever open the oath gates then. I just love being able to see you got your faces, guys, because there are reactions that we don't get to hear. This is a lot of fun. I would like to see your face, too, except your camera has been endlessly loading for several minutes now. It's fine on mine. Are you guys able to see it? 
Yeah, it's fine yeah. on my end. I think it's just Tori's internet being oh. middle of nowhere-y. Okay. Um, continuing on, uh, there was a dart that was found in Talon's old room, uh, which which Calden gives That's a little sniff. That's right. Mrazy came in. There's a Mrazy-shaped hole. He he sniffs it and is like, hey, this is Blackbane poison. And I think Dave is making a reference to the Blackthorn and Blackbane. I believe that's... Kaladin had the Blackbane leaf that he was going to give to the slave driver. Oh, Kaladin knows about Blackbane poison. Yeah. Oh, okay. I misread that. Yeah. Because he was like... And then he like lost his leaf and then Sulfrena knew he was happy she when he had a leaf. leaf. So she brought... That was the cutest thing. Gosh, Sulfrena's so good. And that is when we all made Sylphrena the best when she did that. Sylphrena for best friend. So yeah, there you go. Say, and that's the end of this week's chapters. And that is the end of this week's chapter. I do have we, been Dave. Do we have any questions for Dave? Not yet. I want to talk about was, the epigraph stuff, but that's still a couple of weeks out. Was Tori able to do her reading? Yes, I was. All right. Sounds like we're ready for spoiler time then. Okay. Yeah. Which means Dave needs to go away. Bye, Dave. Bye, Dave. Bye, Dave. Okay, but Dave actually needs to go away. There Dave we go. Dave's gone. Play the thing. Dave's gone. Play the thing. This concludes the spoiler-free section of our podcast. If you are, as I am, reading along for the first time, we recommend that you stop listening now, as the following will contain spoilers for not only this book, but for other Cosmere books as well. There may also be general spoilers from any other source material. Spoilers begin now. All right, do we have stuff to talk about for this specific episode or i really want to talk about the yes. thing we're going to talk about but i know you I do. do have we I should get we stuff. should get stuff that that's pertinent to this done first in case there are people who haven't read it or don't want to read it yet the yeah. very very early released prologue for um book five stromlight five just got okay but released we're not talking Brandon. about it just yet so people don't tune away just yet um spoilers for this week's chapters yes real quick uh, Pachi is a trap for Hoyd. That's uh, yeah. So the Oberdai Avatar thing. Um, that's the, that's another place and another thing. But is. Pachi's like, hey, come visit me in person. I'm not a death trap, promise. But then we've seen from six of the six of the dusk that he explicitly is a death trap, and it's for Hoyd. I think. So you're actually quoting and... chapter fifty one's epigraph, which is. If you wish to seek, uh, if you wish more, seek these waters in person and overcome the test we have created. So that is the, hey, Hoyt, come take a look at Pachi. You Which can is, pass the test. Yeah. I'm picturing those old fashioned um, travel advertisements like, come visit beautiful Pachi. See the birds. <laughs> yeah. And, and like the first thing is, if you're not burning copper or have a specific bird the whole time you're here, uh, you will get hunted down and murdered immediately. Yep, that's what we learned when we read that the book. So, and then, and then, even if you are doing that, everything else will also kill you. So, good luck. So, anyway, the point is, this is autonomy uh, writing to Hoyd, as I told Dave. Um, Ooh, because the the previous, the early chapters, because you're going to go over this next week, but the first set was Frost writing to Hoyd, I believe, or was an endowment. Oh, that was endowment. It's Endowment, Potgy, and it. Okay, so yeah, Frost isn't here. He writes to Frost in part one. Yes. Okay. And then Frost writes back in book two, and then 
this is other people writing back, presumably to a similarly worded letter from book one. Yeah. I don't know. Autonomy wants nothing to do. She wants all of the shards to be separated as part per agreement. And like, okay, I was thinking about this the other day. Seven of the original shard holders are dead. Like, we have lost pretty much half of the original shard holders. They have been replaced. Sazed has two of the shards, or they're just dead or and destroyed. Like most okay, of them. Like so... this, this is a this is a death toll, guys. Um To be fair, they still got to live longer than ordinary mortals. Mm, true. Except maybe yeah. Ambition. We don't know how long Ambition lived for. Are you counting Kaladin in that? Because he no. did hold preservation for a moment and he is dead. You mean Kelsier you mean and Noel? I'm I do Cal- mean Kel- I Why do I do that? Okay. Here's why the did list. Brandon do in. that? Is the better here's question. Here's the list. Ambition, first one, yeah. dead. Uh, Devotion and Dominion, both of those are dead. Uh, Preservation and Ruin, dead, merged with uh, Seiza picking up the shards. Um, Honor is dead. And uh, now, as of this recording, if you have read, in, read, read, in, read Rhythm of War, Odium is dead. Seven. And by that, you mean their original shard holders. Yes, the original, the people who picked up the shards after Adonalsium was killed or whatever the heck happened to them. I mean, seven out of 16 and you get to be immortal and a deity, that's still pretty good odds. Yeah, it's (laughs) been what, like 10,000 years or something since since the genie was last let out of the lamp. And by that, I mean Adonalsium was killed, maybe. I don't know. I don't know what the we time frame is We know it's at here. least... Okay, so we know 4,500 years have passed since the final desolation, and we know they were experiencing desolations before that, which is essentially Odium doing his thing. So yeah, 10,000 years. Okay, so this isn't exactly something we should mourn. These these people no, had no, long, no. full lives. I just thought it was interesting that, like, half of the original shareholders are just gone. Like, it's interesting because I... Race was really being set up as like the big bad of at least the first five books. And typical Brandon Sanderson, let's kill him off and instill install someone else. I'm actually and I've been thinking a lot about cultivation. I don't think I can trust her. I don't think we should trust cultivation. She's I, up to something. I think we should trust cultivation. She made Dalinar not be the Blackthorn anymore. She's up to something. And she made Lyft really awesome. Yeah. I, I don't know that I don't know that I can back you on this one, Craig. I think I think cultivations on Look, on on squad good guy, whatever that I means. And isn't trust... she a dragon? I mean, I want to be a dragon. a dragon, but I do not trust Hoyd, and I do not trust cultivation. I don't trust Hoyd, but I I think he has good intentions overall. I think he's more too willing to let everything else burn to follow that. He he will yes. He, I don't he, trust he Ishar. Dalinar. I, I a no. million percent oh, don't trust absolutely. Ishar. Ishar is the big bad, or at least he he sets things up. And, and uh, we will get to there, Mike. Um, I have some things to say okay. about Ishar later Hold on. on. I have one. I have one thing first. Can Pachi kill Hoyd? Because a shard blade can't. So is there anything that Pachi has going on that can kill Hoyd, or can is can Hoyd just be eaten by a big fish? Oh, is that what happened when Hoyd got eaten by a big fish? Did he go visit Pachi? I, I don't know. I don't even remember he was eaten by a big fish. I thought I thought that was a thing. I I thought he referenced that a couple points. That, like like spent, one of those things he was bragging about. Yeah, like he spent a year or two just in the belly of a of a big. I it assume sounds fish, like a Hoyt yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I bet that's what happened. It can't kill him because 
he's he's far too invested to be like killed proper but but yeah he can he can be trapped by getting eaten by a big fish big angry fish wait okay hold on hamija just posted the trap for hoid uh for the pachi and it's just a sign over a button that says do not press this button <laughs> and tori's like i'll totally i totally fall for that that's so hey, good what? Um, the two Knight Radiant Orders that Dave has missed in his official list are, are the Will Shapers, which is what Venli will become. The Eshonai Bug Luggers, as he called it in his notes. Um, those are the Will Shapers, which seem to be bonding with just uh, Parshendi and not, not with humans. Because the, the Sprin, um, which I don't remember the name of that type of Sprin, but they, they don't trust humans. Star Sprin? Doesn't sound right. But... They're, they're like sparkly and stuff. They light sprint. It's just light sprint. I okay. thought it was light sprint. Okay, it is light sprint. Sparkly sprint. Sparkle sprint. Um, and the uh, stone wards, which is pretty close to stone bender. All right. So yes, I have a head cannon that Hoyd, in fact, has gone to visit Pachi, got eaten by a big angry fish, and hung out in the belly of said big angry fish for some amount of time. After after being taunted there by that letter. Yes, he's like, well. This is clearly an offer in good faith. Here I go, walking <laughs> I, into a trap. I will give Hoyd a little bit more credit and say he didn't go right away. He probably would visit Sezed first, because it looks like Sezed's probably his best. Like, of the responses that he gets, that is the most positive. Endowment wants nothing to do with this. Autonomy wants nothing to do with this. And she wants others to have nothing to do with this. So she's probably like the say... worst of the responses. I want to say he knew it was a trap, and he was like, oh, how dare she? How dare, how dare she? And then just walked right into it, thinking he was too smart <laughs> to fall for it, and, and got eaten by a fish. Like, I'm so smart, I see this as a trap, and I will willingly walk into it. So Sazed's yep, Cezid, response is, how are you coming onto my planet, and I don't know about it? Why are you coming onto my planet, and I don't know about it? Just, like... Come visit and then talk to me. Come on. Yeah, that's why. That's pretty positive, though. Like he's actually willing to open a dialogue with Hoyt. Everyone else is like, "No, stop!" and and says, "It's like, yeah, look, I'll talk. Just like let me know you're here." Yeah, it's uh, because he doesn't know Hoyt like the others do. Texas Blade just completely undermined my head cannon. Of it was a great shell, and Lift saw him get eaten. Wait, so, really? So it was an Apache fish. Lift saw him get eaten. I don't remember any of that. But we can also pretend it was a f giant fish by Pachi. I mean, that also could happen or could have happened. But yeah, this this sort of undermines what I thought was a thing. Anyway, anyway, let's let's move on. We got a lot to talk about, I believe. Uh, yeah. So let's go into double spoiler time. We're going to talk about the prologue, the very early release prologue to Stormlight Archive Five. Yeah, um, we should we should asterisk this. Um, it is a first draft. There are things that can change, uh, especially by the time of this recording is released. Yes, although you probably won't probably actually not. see any changes until like the book is almost out and they start releasing preview chapters. So, what do you want to talk about, Mike? I have a lot I want to discuss. Um, I found out about a theory that people smarter than me have had that gets a little bit of extra fuel from this preview. Is it about Shalon? It is about Shalon. Are you about to talk about the I same, the same theory? Thing. Okay, then Tori, let's see if you have something different from me and Craig. 
No, oh, no I, I didn't something have something else to talk about, too. I didn't have any theories regarding a certain uh, red-haired herald. Okay. Uh, then I guess going into it first, let's establish Gavilar sucks. Well. Yes. Mm-hmm. This was just further evidence that Gavilar sucks so much. And he seems less informed in this preview than he did in Rhythm of War. Um, hold on, side note. Himija does want a quick recap, so uh, we can give him that. Okay. Or I can give them him that. Yeah, if you if you could. I don't remember the exact like order of things. I, I don't remember the orders. I'm going to get this wrong. But uh, this is the Gavilar uh, prologue chapter. So this is from his perspective. We finally get the whole uh, big shebang with Gavilar uh, as our point of view. So we get to see his thoughts on it. And boy, does Gavilar suck. Um, but uh, essentially has... One, he has a number of conversations with the Stormfather because the Stormfather was sending him these visions, uh, as we've seen the visions from Dalinar's perspective. It's the same sort of visions. He was trying to understand them. Um, so we do get a conversation between him and the Stormfather throughout the whole entire prologue chapter. Um, and then in the course of this, he has his various meetings that we've seen little bits and pieces as time goes on. Um the most important of which I believe is the first meeting he has, aside from the Stormfather one, which is Thetakar. He has a conversation with Thetakar right there, boom, in the room. The Lord of Scars himself. It's Kelsier. The Seon from Cell. Well, that is true. So they're, Kelsier they're having a, is... a Seon phone call. He He's using one of the Seons to, yeah, make the long-distance Face phone time. call. FaceTime. So, um... Yeah, that's this is confirmation. Kelsier is Theta Car. We got a hint of that before. This is it. There you go, guys. Um, and essentially, Kelsier just sort of he he wants. Okay, so around this time, uh, Gavilar has access to Rastaris. Like he knows where Rastaris is and sort of has him. And Kelsier wants Rastaris because Rastaris is Kalik, I believe, right? One of the heralds. Yeah. Uh, Rastares and Nail are both are both in the palace for this. Well, and well, what what we get from this preview chapter is that uh, Rastares and Nail are in contact with Gavilar. They have told Gavilar that they are heralds. Gavilar does not believe they are heralds because Zydekar the Stormfather like, told him that they weren't heralds. No, the Stormfather told him that the heralds were dead. Yes, yes, that's true. That. Which they are. The the air quotes storm father <laughs> or as people on our discord have been calling it this week sus father yeah we're, we're, we'll get into that that one i want to talk about that's the big okay. one i want to discuss can we actually anyway let's let's continue never mind yeah oh. no do your thing we'll get into it okay so yeah so he has a conversation with theta car um theta car wants for stories gavilar's like hold on i'm i'm not done you're up to something i don't trust you blah 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 i don't know they go back and forth um then Theta Carcion flips away, goes travels off, and it's time for the next meeting, which I believe is the Nail and Kalik having a conversation with Gavilar. And that's where he reveals that he has the the um Bay Edo Mishram gem. Like he actually mentions it by name and he shows them that he has the gem that has captured Bay Edo Mishram. Like there it is. We have seen it. But um, they're more concerned that he's found a way to trap Voidlight. That he found a way to trap Void Light, and they might at least have a way to travel directly to Breeze, which, while it's still within the Rosharian system, it's still 
better than Hold just on. staying on on the planet. Nope, that's yeah. we actually got in this we got a little more explanation of that. It's not yeah. traveling directly to Braze. It's being able to take Stormlight or Voidlight as far as Braze via the cognitive okay. realm okay. and back. Okay, thank you. So, so what we assumed was happening in Rhythm of War was not actually they they were they were working on getting Investiture out of the system, but mm. they got as far as Braze. So at the moment, we know of two ways to carry Investiture through the cognitive realm that won't degrade. Number one, breaths. You just you just get them, and they're they're in you and they're fine. Number two is perfect gems with Stormlight or Voidlight or presumably Lifelight. Both are not great, because one is extremely difficult and expensive and time-consuming to gather. The other is super-duper rare. Um, so so Texas Blade points out that it was just Voidlight in the pouch. I could have sworn that the gem that he passes over to Seth at the very end was the Bay Ada Mishram gem. He, he mentions Bay Ada Mishram. There is a mention of it that she was captured, like, that they had, he had her gem, I thought. It might not be on him at the time, but I thought that was the one. Oh, Edo means light, so whatever Bay and Mishram mean, it's something light something. Oh, interesting. Yeah, you we, would need we a got that perfect from... gem, but we know that Bay Edo Mishram is captured in a gem. That's how she was handled during the False Recreants. Yeah, um, you, need, you need a perfect gem to capture Unmade. You also need a perfect gem to not leak Stormlight while you're in the mm -hmm. Cognitive Realm. Um, so anyway, so yeah, he has a conversation with the the heralds, um, who he doesn't think are heralds at this point in time, and they are impressed by something else that Mike mentioned that the fact that he, they can travel void and stormlight as far as Braze. Um, so after that, we do have it's a cut, like because we've already seen it. Uh, Navani was listening in, and so he that they cut that part. He cut that part of the discussion because we already saw that from Navani's perspective. Um. And uh, Gavilar sucks. Uh, I haven't said that enough. Make sure we say it every five minutes so, oh, so you're all aware. There's a meeting of prospective new um, oh, enter entries into the, the, into Sons, the Sons of Honor, of Honor which Good includes Terabangian. Well, before that, like going back to the part where Gavilar sucks, we do get a line here where he's like, oh, Navani, no, 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 wait. I need to be mean to her because that's what the... <laughs> That that's what my plans require of me, and and I'm like, no, Brandon, mm. you do not get to get away with that. We are not making Gavilar a sympathetic character. It's not going to work. Don't even try it. Don't. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um. All right. Yeah. So we have the meeting with the new members of the Sons of Honor. Teravangine is there. He's one of them, which is interesting because I didn't know Teravangine was trying to join the Sons of Honor, Honor at this point in time. Yeah. Um. This. Okay. So this is. The the group of people that are in the meeting that Esh and I walks into, uh, where the only person I could ID was um, Amaram, because he got mentioned by name. Mm -hmm. But it also includes Teravangian and some Storm Wardens and, like, one mm -hmm. or two other people. Yeah. Um, and then, again, there's there's conversations throughout with the Stormfather, and I know I'm glossing over it because there's a lot of discussion between him and Stormfather, which I think we'll, we'll cover um, shortly. And uh, I think that's pretty much it until the attack, in which case Sadius comes in, and that's when they decide on the plan of Gavilar wearing Sa Sadius's uh, shard plate. And, and Sadius taking his, his robe and yeah. running. Yeah. 
Okay. And Sadius, it's interesting because at this point, Sadius is, he, he's, he's all on board. Like, he is Gavilar's man. He will die for Gavilar, which is very interesting from the Sadius that we see, you know, in Way of Kings, who's very much out for himself, even though he claims to be for Alethkar. I think I can, I think I can make this work. It's, it's simply a matter of Sadius respects Gavilar and doesn't respect Dalinar or Elokar. No, he respects, he respects the Blackthorn. He does not respect who Dalinar has become. He doesn't respect Dalinar as a leader or a thinker. He respects him as a go murder people guy. Yep. True that. And that's, that's the end of his respect, which is not respect. That's, that's a tool. That's, you don't respect a hammer. Come on. Um, and it, again, it sort of glosses over this because we already have seen a fight scene. Um, and then at the end, he's trying to figure out like who killed him. That's when, of course, he asks if it's Data Car, and he's like, I don't know who Seth says. I don't know who that is. It was the Parshendi that's, that sent me. And he's like, what the heck? I told them because there is the conversation. That's right. Also, we did briefly see the conversation that he had with, uh, Eshonai in which again, it's glossed over because we have already seen it, but he thinks that, uh, the, the Parshendi will be on board for this because he completely misread the room and doesn't understand they don't want their gods back. Yeah. Because he's a moron. Um, yeah. Oh, in other things that Gal- Gavilar still sucks and he is not redeemable, uh, he's very, very, not entirely, but like 80% responsible for Dalinar being an alcoholic. Mm, yeah. He, he's like, oh, let him go drink this that way. Like he he tells him not to drink to put it in Dalinar's head. He mistreat. Look, Gavilar sucks. He's like, go, don't drink this. Wink, wink. And then he tells someone else, yeah, make sure he finds the secret alcohol store so he'll be like. It, it, it's flat like drunk. that. It's like that. Don't think of a pink elephant. It, it's you know, don't don't drink. And the only thing this Dalinar is, it's hears so is bad. Drink. That he, that he is enabling wah, this. Wah, 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 wah. Violet wine. Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, okay, let's let's dig into the Stormfather here. And then Gavilar is dead. Stormfather is different from how he acts, how we've seen with Dalinar. That he is. I've got some thoughts on this. So first off, Stormfather... Uh, okay, so Gavilar thinks that the Stormfather has lied to him. Yeah. I don't think that's the case. I think Stormfather said stuff that is true. Gavilar misinterpreted it to mean something different in the same way that we've seen Dalinar do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's that's a very fair assessment, I think. So saying that the Heralds are dead is true. They are dead. They're cognitive shadows. They're also inhabiting bodies and walking around on Roshar. But they are dead. And so. Stormfather wouldn't see fit to correct right. Gavilar being being wrong, because it's not important. It's not part of the message that he's supposed to pass along. Another thing is the Stormfather seems to be trying to make Gavilar into a new herald? No, I think that's another false assumption by Gavilar. He thinks he's going to be a herald, not a Knight's Radiant. Because every time that's brought up, the Stormfather sort of hesitates like to be a herald. I'll have to reread it to I'm not going to until the book comes out, but I'll have to reread it to take a look at that because I don't remember exactly how it went. Anyway, yeah, I was thinking that maybe that didn't happen with Dalinar because it worked because Gavilar at the time of his death was just enough of a herald to be to count. 
Um, so I have thoughts about Sus Father. Okay. And there's a yes, reason we call him Sus thought. Father. Um, there's a puppy on the screen. There's been a puppy. It's a good puppy. Oh, well, I, I wasn't able to see Tori because she wasn't talking. Well, go um, into grid view. I, I just did, yes. Okay. Um, I anyway. was looking at our... But when you're in grid view, you have to switch back and forth between that and the chat channels. Yep, I'm, I was looking at the chat because Texas Blade was stuff. But um, so yeah, so my thoughts on this is that there's a few things. So the reason we call him Sus Father is because we have a thought, at least uh, from what I've seen in the Cosmere and Stormlight Archives uh, subreddit, and briefly when we were discussing it in our channel as well, in which case that's not actually the Stormfather. That there's a chance that is somebody or something else. And that's due to how weird that the Stormfather is acting compared to what we've seen from Dalinar. Now, there is a couple of different things here, um, but I believe there's three major paths that this could take based on our interpretation of this. The first is that that really is the Stormfather. Um, and like you said, Mike, he has said certain things, which Cavalar has misinterpreted. Um but at the time, that was the Stormfather's approach to try to get the message across. And clearly, it wasn't correct because Gavilar was um, taking it in a different path than what was expected. So perhaps, you know, six years later, the Stormfather has learned his lesson. And when he goes to Dalinar, he tempers the visions in a different way. So basically, step uh, path one, that really is the Stormfather. He's acting a little differently, and that's just because he changed over time. I do not think this is the case because the Stormfather is very stubborn about changing. And there's a lot of weird things with how he talks and how he appears in the prologue chapters, which leads me to theory number two. And that 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 we've seen in the, in the prelude chapters is not the Stormfather at all, but more than likely one of the Heralds, you know which one, Ishar. Always Ishar. Oh, I was thinking... Okay, so my my thought on this was, if it's not the Stormfather talking to him, we know he was getting Stormfather visions. Yes. But until Dalinar bonded the Stormfather, he couldn't really talk to him, right? Like, he Correct. wasn't having conversations until that bond was in place. Yes. Which, according to what is said in this, that bond is not in place in, for Gavilar. Well, right? hang on, hang on. They they had a conversation before they were bonded because that was how they got bonded. Was Dalinar went out and was like, "Yo, Stormfather," and the Stormfather was like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> the the first like, conversation was when the bond was happening. But he in, in this anywho. case, the, the yeah, like you said, the Stormfather's having a conversation with Gavilar, which is weird because he didn't do that with Dalinar. So what I was thinking was, outside of the visions, the thing he's talking to isn't the Stormfather; it's a Void's friend. Okay. Yeah. Also, so I, that, I was that thinking leads me was... to that's theory three. I want to I want to give yeah. some I want to give some uh, weight on theory two, which is that it's Ishar. Um, so so a few things. One, uh, just this goes into the, your theory or or my theory that it's Ishar. Uh, in which case, we actually see like a wispiness to the Stormfather himself. Like he appears as a humanoid. Which, while we have seen. Um, a presence scene of the Stormfather in Dalinar's perspective. Uh, keep in mind, one, he is bonded to the Stormfather, so there's a good case for him to appear something. But I don't think the Stormfather's ever shown as a humanoid in the times that he he has appeared. He has been shown as a presence, that there's something there, but the his description differs slightly than what we've seen in the prologue chapters. Um, and any time he shows up and is visible, he's... 
he's big face sky. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like there, there's no small shimmery cloudy version of him that floats around. Like he's not, he's not like a, a puff of cloud that, he's not that a hangs out on, on uh Dalinar's shoulder or something. Yeah. Um, the, the Stormfather likes to throw his weight around and he wasn't doing that to Gavilar, which is weird. Um, but the big thing for me is that he felt, uh, and, and, uh, I should have, okay. I'm going to roll back uh, a moment. They feel the storm father, the sus father, I should say, feels one of the heralds dying. Now, uh, this is a typical death. This isn't a suck them up into uh, using anti-void light or whatever the heck they use. Um, Moash uses it's it's just a, a herald is, is being killed, which typically sends them back to breeze. That has happened at this point in time. We will get to this because there's another theory related here. But the Stormfather, in this case, mentions it, which is unusual because I didn't think the Stormfather could feel the deaths of heralds. But the um, other heralds can't either, which we get from the mm, prelude because Kalak doesn't know that Talon died. He has to be told by Yezrian. Well, so they know somebody died. That. The thing is, the heralds can feel because they do. No, have no, 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 no. He other. doesn't know. Kalak doesn't know anyone died. He only figures it out when Yezrian tells him, and he sees the swords. That and there's be, only nine. I I was under the impression that the heralds could feel that somebody was dying, but they didn't know who or the severity or anything like that. No, the only the only thing we get of that is when Yezrian is killed, and that's because he's he's severed from the Oath Pact. Like he's he is killed, killed, capital K. Right. Well, okay. Regardless, but Sus Father yes, to, feels something which is unusual. To your point, Ishar probably can tell better because because he's a bondsmith. He's herald. the one who formed the bond. Yeah, like he, he's he was the orchestrator of the. Bond. If anyone has an extra sense of that, it's Ishar. Yeah. Um. So the reason I believe it's Ishar though is that one. Uh. I, I figured it was a herald based on the discussion I just mentioned because I was under the, the impression um, the impression that the heralds could feel each other not necessarily who was dying but that when someone would die and may maybe that's still okay because it's still Ishar he's the one who orchestrated the bond in the first uh, the oath pack in the first place um, but also he's the one who we've seen still has power over connection and you could do some funky things with connection if he figured out that Gavilar. Uh, was receiving visions from the Stormfather, he could have orchestrated something to form that bond where he essentially stepped in and became the Stormfather himself as part of that connection messing ability. Like, it's so powerful. It's such a powerful ability, and we can know can do things. So why not, in this case, he steps in uh, just essentially to stop Gavilar from becoming the next Bondsmith because that's a bad thing in their interpretation uh, if they're trying to keep the the uh, Odium from coming back. So I like that. I, that that could be why it is. Um, why I will he say to step in. I will say that um, Sus father was absolutely horrified when Gavilar was like, well, when I die, I'll just come back immediately. Yes, it'll be fine. Yes. And it's like, no, you have to keep the oath pack. You have to keep them on braze. That's that's why you're becoming a herald sort of thing. Um uh, and also, we have gotten, and, and th this is going to go into our next point when we talk about Chandra, but all the heralds are supposed to be at this party. Like, we've seen Kalek. No, no, not all of them. We know of three. No, we've we've gotten, like, four. A, 
Sorry, we know of four. We know Shalash is, there. is there because she was ruining paintings. Kalek and Nail are definitely there. Yezrian is out being, like, drunk outside. Yep, the end. But where are the others? And I believe we've gotten... Okay, th- this is going to take some digging up. I did not do this. I thought there was a word of Brandon that all of the Heralds are present during this party. But that sort of throws a wrench into uh, another fan theory. So... Well, yeah, if if the other theory is right, then can't be. Has to be somewhere else. Sure. Then Should we again, just get into that instead of dancing around it? I kind of want to get into it. Then again, 10 minus 1 is a reoccurring number. And if the one is uh, Chandra, well, there you go. The one who's dead. But um, yeah, so point is, I thought it was like my best guess is that it's Ishar. He played with connection. He made himself appear to be the Stormfather. He's feeding Gavilar information that's not necessarily correct, just to lead him on a different path, which is preferable than to him becoming a Knight Radiant. Also, there's uh, Gavilar's fishing for the words to try to figure out what the words are so he can actually become, um, well, he, he thinks a Herald, but like a Knight Radiant. And at one point, he's very close to the journey before de- uh, instead of just de- destiny, well, it's it's Jer- not the journey first before oath. destination. Um, it, he's, he's trying he, to find the second oath. The first oath is sort of a default, anyway. Well, he, he's trying to find the first words. It, you have to swear the first oath first, and he's fishing for that. And there's something that Gavilar says that's very close to an actual night radiant oath. And the sus father's like, no, not even close. Meanwhile, when he was most passionate. Gavilar was most passionate in, like, just tell me the dang words. And Susfather's like, that was pretty close, which I think is going to go into theory three, which is your theory. So, Mike, take it away. All right. If it's a Voidspren, it's entirely possible that Voidspren can tell when a when a Herald gets killed, normal lowercase k killed, because they are part, part of the Oath Pact. And that could be their signal to yeah let's let's go let's go a herald hunting on Braze yeah so if it's a void spren then that tracks for me lacking additional information that um, that's really the only the only point that I think needs needs more digging I think is I, just feeling the death I was actually wondering if it was Odium himself not just a void spren but Odium because while Odium can appear. It, it, it might be too soon, like it, the the oath pack at the point in time before the herald is is killed. The oath pack is fine; it's in shambles, but it still exists. Talon is holding strong, so I don't think it can be Odium at this point. I also sh- don't think it can be Odium. Odium doesn't start showing up until like well after the Everstorm has been going, right? And like. The desolation has begun in full. Like my understanding of of all of this is that once the oath pact is is broken and a and a herald breaks, weaker weaker spren start coming through first, then the the fuse spren, and then finally the most powerful start coming through, and and then at the very end is odium proper. And he does have void light in, in the gems that he he shows off. He does have some void light, so why not a void spren? Yeah. And it's okay. just, it's just, it's it's basically like a hole opening up where the smaller stuff can get in first because the bigger stuff can't fit yet. It's how I envision this. I don't know. So yeah, I I think there's a really good case that 
what's presented as the Stormfather is not the Stormfather. Um, that is some other actor that, for whatever reason, has designs against what Gavilar is doing. And and as through the course of it, we got to see that what Gavilar's path was, which was, you know, he, he was a warlord. He got control of Alakar, and then he started receiving these visions, which makes him think you're supposed to be a Knight Radiant. So he forms the Sons of Honor, whose goal is to reform the Knights Radiant, and then he outgrows it. He even said that he's sort of done with the Sons of Honor when he has that meeting with the new members, in which case his new goal was immortality, uh, which essentially is become a cognitive shadow in some way. Uh, but his interpretation of that is to become a herald. Oh, and he's trying to set Amaram up with Yasna so that Amaram will be his successor as the next king of Alucar. Because he doesn't think Elokar can do a good job. Because no, if, no. There's, if there's one person on the planet worse than Gavilar, it's Amaram. Well, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Gavilar's too Moash, bad. Moash, you did your king killing too late, buddy. You picked <laughs> the wrong one. Yo, if he killed Gavilar, I'd be on board that train. Like, here you go. Have the sword. Good luck, buddy. But not Elokar. Right. Let's, let's talk about Chanarach. Uh, yeah, who let's, let's who might it. be someone's mother? All right, uh, Mike. Okay, tell us so, more. So there's this theory that I have only learned about this past week. It's apparently been going around for a while. Uh, that Shalon's okay. So Shalon is still short a horrible truth that she has to face. Right? Yep. We're we're still one short. Um, she's already admitted to horrible, horrible things that she's been lying to herself about for years. So what could possibly be important enough uh, to still be something that she has blocked from herself that that will qualify as her as her fifth truth, her fourth truth, because it's oath and then four truths. Yeah. And that is her mom's a herald. She killed a herald, the herald Shanarach. Uh, so some cognitive shadows can have babies, uh, which we have seen because of the returned. Yep, we have oh. seen that. They can have babies. There's and, a method. And so if this is true, then Shalon is most Ooh. directly responsible for the desolation happening. Not the Everstorm. That's a whole that's a totally separate thing. But yeah, it's all Shalon's fault. So well, okay. so in in a who's the worst person off that she'll have with Kaladin again, he'll be like, Well, I killed your brother to save the worst person in the world. And she'll be like, well, I caused the desolation. I win. Trump card. So, uh, side note, since we know that the return have a way of having babies somehow, um, but there's like some method that's involved because they're cognitive shadows and that's really difficult to do. If anyone were to figure that out, it would totally be Ishar because, again, you can mess with connection to do something in order to have babies. So there, there's a way... Cognitive Shadows have a baby. That's just backing up the, the earlier point. Um, and to back up your other point is I think the the um, uh, flashback chapter with Shalon where she sort of because because it is mentioned that she kills her mother. Like that's one of the flat. That's yeah. like the first flashback. She killed her mother with Testament. There was a Skybreaker there, which her mom knowing about the Skybreakers is already kind of suspicious, but not if her mom's a herald. Then, so, then that's just, yeah, I, I know about the Skybreakers. Of course like, I know about the Skybreakers. The first words of that chapter are, like, Shalon's world ended or something like that. 
It, it's it's something like in in retrospect now, if she actually killed one of the heralds, which ultimately leads to the desolation, like it's that sort of thing where it's like, yeah, at the time it just seems dramatic in Shalon fashion, but in reality, this is Brandon telling us that she totally killed a herald. Okay, I'm thinking because because it is Brandon that if Shalon's mom is a herald. Shalon didn't know about it because why would she she was just a kid if you're a herald and like you're one of the legendary heralds and you decide to settle down and have a family i i think you're going to keep the herald thing to yourself like i don't think the family would necessarily have known about that including Shalon. and so all of that psychological trauma was just because she killed her mother and then later when she's you know further along the road to recovery because we see at the end of rhythm of war that she's on the road to recovery then we're gonna hit her with the oh guess what here's your mom she's a herald you killed a herald and then shallan's gonna get broken all over again because this is brandon we're talking about it also it also explains why the cryptics are so interested in her uh she's she's adjacent to a gigantic lie of mom is secretly a herald mm-hmm. and yeah she's she's half herald like that that would definitely get the spren interested in her yeah they they just would have been hanging out at the devar house because oh my gosh look at all the lies over here and then they fell in love with that precocious little girl and yeah i can see it yeah so i'm with you himija i feel like we're gonna get a big reveal um because if shandra okay Sandra was a herald. We know that. And I believe it's suspected she's the one who was killed uh, at that point during Gavilar's party. In which case, since she's the one who broke and not Talon, because Talon never broke, she's she's back. Like, she's around, just like Talon came back. Sandra came back. If Sandra is Shallan's mother, she's going to face to face with her mom and be like, Mom? Which is going to, that is going to destroy. Oh, absolutely. And- Texas Blade reminded me of something. There is a word of Brandon that there's an unmade that has been focused on the Devar family. So, Oh, really? I yeah. don't remember that. I don't know which unmade. I don't even know if he said, but yes. Um. So yeah, th- there's a few hints uh, that at least something weird is happening with the Devar family. Um, like you said, there's a Skybreaker that's working with them, which is unusual. And the fact that um, Helleran was like becoming an acolyte potential squire for Trying the skybreakers to. yet uh, i need more info had, on him yeah he had shard plate and a shard blade like you don't just give that stuff out it's really unusual they had act they had some kind of negotiation with the ghost bloods like the devar family is a minor noble house of yakoved like they're not major players yet here they are interacting with like all of the secret societies on roshar like this is weird it's weird unless you start thinking that maybe Shalon's mother is has more to her than than what you see. And she's definitely the interface with the Skybreakers uh, from what we've seen in, in the flashback chapter because she was working with someone. And there was the discussion about her having to kill Shalon because the cryptics were, were paying uh, interest in her. Like, it's, it's just unusual that they were having that discussion about Shalon. Um, I need to know more about young Lindivar because... He mm. apparently landed a radiant, or not a radiant. Uh, why do I always do this? A herald. A herald. Thank you. Wow, that world does not stay in my brain. Anyway, maybe he, he's he a totally landed future. a herald wife, and totally did. And then everything went terrible, and he couldn't take it. But 
but before then, he must have been awesome. So, yeah, because yeah, we, we don't have we we don't have evidence that he was a horrible, abusive person the whole time. Like only after his wife's death. And right? knowing that his daughter is holding a weapon of mass destruction that she could use to murder anyone anywhere at any time for no reason or yeah, any reason. It would be like an episode of the Twilight Zone with the kid that could do anything. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. It's it it wouldn't do great things for your sanity. Is, is sort of that. Plus, if there's an unmade hanging around, that's not cool either. Yeah, and then <laughs> he drinks to forget, but it turns out he's an angry drunk, so it doesn't work out for everybody else, and yeah. So the other big hint that this could be Chandra, or at least a herald, um, Shalon's mother, is that we know that Shalon's mother died in the same month as Gavilar's death. So, so the fest, the feast that we've seen, and of course the subsequent killing. So they happen within the same month of of the same year, like basically as close to the same time as you can get. It's very unusual that she's killed, and we also get the the words in the prologue chapter of Gavilar that one of the heralds is killed. Like it's very convenient. Yeah. Um. Also, one more thing is that we know that there's a light in a chest, which when I originally heard that, I thought it was Shallan sort of interpreting Testament as being locked away, even though Testament wasn't actually locked away. But later on, she summons Testament as a shard blade before, like before she has fully bonded with pattern. Uh, so, th so this would be when she kills, um, uh, what's her face? Tyne. Back in words of radiance. Tyne. T-Y-N. Tyne. So that's not pattern that she summons at that point. That's testament. She and, takes 10 seconds. And the sword that she almost summons a couple of times in Way of Kings is also testament because right. we don't see pattern as a sword until the end of Words of Radiance when she opens the Oath Gate. So um, what I'm getting at is in her flashbacks, she keeps looking at the chest, which is where she was assuming testament was locked away. But I think I don't remember if it's a word of Brandon or this is just another theory. But there has been discussion that the thing that's in the chest is actually a Sion, which we have seen are being used as communication from somebody. I mean, Theta Car's using, sorry, Kelsier, whatever. It's the same person. We know he's using the Sions, and yet the Davars also have a Sion locked in a chest. Like, who are they communicating with? And well, I guess it would be the Ghost Bloods, but who knows? They are major players. This is weird. There's a theory that Chandra is, uh, is a herald. Uh, sorry, that Shalon's mother is Chandra the Herald. And, okay. and it just feels like it's pretty strong with this prologue. I have an idea. Yeah. What if we gave one of the Sleepless a Sion to act as a communications hub? So Sion can talk to any talk other to each Sion. Other? Hold on. Sion okay. can talk to any other Sion, even on yeah. other planets. Sure. Sleepless can talk to their hordlings anywhere on the planet. Yeah, yeah. So... One sleepless with a Sion becomes a communication network for the entire Cosmere. You you just want to make the internet. Yes. <laughs> we have all the pieces. We can rebuild him. Uh, you reminded me there was something in this week's chapters that I wanted to mention. I'm pretty sure we saw one of the, the sleepless. Um, it's it's casually mentioned. This is one of the things you got to keep out. Keep an eye out, guys. Um, whenever Kremlings are mentioned, there's a chance they're not actually a Kremling, but it's one of the the sleepless um and that is totally in chapter 50 
when Dalinar is is looking through the asylum. He like sees a Tremling hanging out in Talon's old room, and he just brushes it aside. And I'm like, hold a moment, that's probably not just a regular Kremling. Yeah, not that one. It is. It is my opinion, and I've said this a few times. Every Kremling we see, every Kremling that gets mentioned, is a Hordling and is part of a Sleepless. Every single one. Check off Swordling. <laughs> yeah. All right. We've been going for over two hours. I think we should probably end it unless you've got one more thing, Craig. Uh, the, the big ones I want to talk about were Susfather and Shallan's mom. Those, I think, are the big things that we got from the prologue. Tori? And Gavilar sucks. Yes. Well, we already knew that. Should that be our sign-off from now on? Just thanks for listening to the Cosmere Deep Dive podcast, Gavilar sucks. I think I, Gavilar I think Gavilar sucks should be more of a subreddit than the the Moash sucks. It's I mean, F I Moash, think they should both exist. Except it's not F. It's the word. I know um, the word that we don't say on here. Except I did that one time, and it 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 upset Dave. And I'm sorry. He won't listen to this for a long time. But yeah, I am sorry, Dave. I am sort of. I'm I'm regretfully looking forward to Dave finally getting to the end of of. Well, actually, it's not even the end, but the end of Elokar. That's going to happen soonish. Uh, that's just because be so sad. it is very sad it is super sad but that's also the moment for me that moash sucks like started happening and then it became even stronger uh with his actions in rhythm of war that's when it's like unforgivable i could i could maybe forgive him with elokar he could have had a redemption arc but no no more he killed that opportunity in rhythm of war, and i hope he dies Thanks for uh, listening. I think Brandon could still redeem him. Bye, everybody. Uh, uh. <laughs> Good night, Internet. Bye. This has been the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at, at CosmereCast or like us on Facebook. Our theme music is Traveling Made Up Continents by Gillicuddy, used with permission. Hear more from him at the Free Music Archive. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.